535, hit us out to Laredo About to pick us some pounds so we can make us some queso No luggage in the trunk, just me and Saki Headed back down to Texas, now we serving these beans Welcome to the I-35 Sports Connection. It's Triple A building. And Mila here. What's up, everybody? Uh, it's football season. We made it. it it's here. It's finally. The long wait is over. And I think a certain school in Kansas has the reigning defending Big 12 champions. We sure do. Let's go, Wildcats. I think uh, it's the perfect time to do a little Wildcat preview. I think so. No time like the present. And so I think we just jump right into it. So you got K-State, not OU, not UT, as the reigning defending Big 12 champions Mm -hmm. looking to go back to back. How do we get there? Well, let's start with where the AP put us. Um, AP poll has us sitting at 16, which, okay, finally some respect and we're actually in it. So that's good. It also, since we actually get to start the season ranked moderately high, we actually, for the first time in, I don't know, the climate area era, have a little bit of wiggle room to where one loss won't kill us as far as like making the CFP. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. Yeah, absolutely. Because like all those SEC schools, they get a million chances because they start off so high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in three of the last four seasons, Clemens actually won eight games. So, um, you know, we're, we're already starting out on a great foot here. Yeah, and I, I like that you pointed out that Kleiman does well every single year. I mean, except for the injury plague year, but K State's not likely a team that regresses. It's just this roller coaster that keeps going up and up and up and up. And I wouldn't expect us to ever go to that huge down. Exactly, because uh, you got to pound the stone, right? <laughs> Win every dang day. God damn right. All right, so what's K State bringing back? Why should we be optimistic that K State can repeat as back to back Big 12 champions? All right, well, let's talk about our quarterback here, Mr. Will Howard. He is coming back. I know we had Adrian Martinez for a little while last year, but, um, you know, once he got injured, it was proven to be that, hey, Will Howard's the guy. And what's interesting about Howard is that, like, yes, this is technically his first year starting the season as a starting quarterback, but you go back to the injury plague Skylar Thompson year, You go back to last year with Martinez getting hurt a lot. This is kind of his third year as a starter. Like, you're getting a veteran as your starting quarterback. And, oh, by the way, he has his entire offensive line. Which is what every good quarterback needs. Yeah. You want to have a quarterback that's successful? Give him protection. And then when you add someone who is as talented as Howard, who every single year has made a jump in his abilities – that's a recipe for success right there. Absolutely. So um, let's talk about who else is coming back here. Yeah, so what's nice is that you've got Giddens coming back at running back, who is like that complimentary back to Deuce Vaughn. And oh, by the way, we're adding a, a nice little home run hitter to kind of take that spot of Deuce Vaughn on this, on this team in the run game yeah. because the best thing for a quarterback outside that offensive line is having a run game that he can yep. rely on. So who, who transferred in? Uh, we got Mr. Trey Sean Ward from Florida State. So, um, you know, you mentioned he's, he's just like a fantastic pick here. Um, he had 1,100 yards last year, 11 touchdowns. So you – while we're it sucks that we lost Deuce Vaughn, but hey, go Cowboys. Um, it's always nice to see that, okay, well, we've got somebody great kind of stepping in those shoes. 
Yeah, 1,100 yards in two years, 11 TDs. He has a nose for the end zone. So those two years at Florida State, he was very successful. And that was a Florida State team that during his time there had a lot of injuries at quarterback. So he had to shoulder the load a lot. And he shows you that he can do that and he can be explosive. So that's great to have that on your offense. And it's very dynamic. In addition to that, you've got Big Ben coming back who's one of the top-rated tight ends this year, according to Dane Brugler, for the NFL draft. So you have this nice little safety valve. So when you start looking at this offense, it's really stout. Entire offensive lineback, basically a three-year starter at quarterback, back. You got your second-best running back, back. You got another school's best running back. Mm -hmm. You got Phillip Brooks coming back. Philip Brooks coming back. You've got one of the best tight ends of the country, and you start looking at it, and you're like, well, if there is a weak spot, it's going to be that wide receiver position, but oh, by the way, we had someone else come back in. Yep, through the transfer portal, we got Keegan Johnson um, from Iowa. And so, not a huge name, but when you kind of look at it, he really played one true year at at Iowa. He, he, got, he redshirted last year because of injury, but in his freshman year at, at Iowa... And I know I was a poor, a poor, poor offensive team. Yeah, but they're tough, man. They are tough. But he was very effective for him, catching 18 balls for 350 yards, two TDs. And what's really nice is he's a good red zone target too. So someone that you can rely on because as great as Philip Brooks' speed is, you kind of want that taller wide receiver to, to have a shot at the ball. And, and now you got that. You got the big body in Ben. You got a tall guy that, that uh, Will Howard can hit. You got the speed demon in Brooks. And oh, by the way, we haven't talked about our other wide receivers who did get playing time. Mm-hmm. So like – the offense looks pretty good, and when you look at the schedule, which we'll get into a little bit later, you have time for that receiving core to build chemistry with your quarterback. Mm-hmm. You have a few games for them to do it while you can lean on the run game and lead on Big Ben. Yep. So um, I know a concern for a lot of people is talking about the defense because we lost a lot, uh, but fret not. Mr. Chris Kleinman took care of it. Um, he definitely grabbed some guys from the portal as well. So he grabbed um, Javon Banks from Mississippi State, Defensive line, um, and then Tyler Nalome. I'm not sure how to say that name, but we're going to roll with that. Southeast <laughs> Missouri State, who we do play this year. Um, and then Mar- Marcus uh, Seigel, Siegel from North Dakota State. Yeah, so those are to kind of shore up some of those losses that you had to the NFL. Hey, yo, the Kang is in KC, so boy. But <laughs> that's to help Felix, out. that is. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's to help out there, but like – you're also going to get better from just health. Because if you remember last year, Kobe Savage, one of the best safeties in the game, got hurt, mm-hmm. right? And that really hurt K-State. We are able to weather it somewhat. But there was a noticeable difference when he wasn't in the game. So you add him coming back, one of the best safeties in the country. And then, oh, by the way, super senior year for Daniel Green coming back as well. And he was banged up a lot last year. And now you're starting to talk about a formidable defense as well. Now, not as experienced as the offense as far as how many people are coming back, but you, but what climbing kind of did here is that like he picked the pieces in the portal that would complement his team. Whereas like his first couple of years here, he went wild in the portal, bringing as much talent as he could. And now he was very selective as like, Hey, who's coming? Because he has a team here that I don't want to speak too like too forward here, but has a real shot to do something special this year. Mm-hmm. And, I believe we called the Big 12 title last year. We definitely did because everybody thought they'd finished dead last. And um, we, the lie detector confirmed that that was false. 
All right, so I want to take us through the schedule now. Um, are you gonna like point out pitfalls or anything, or is or is that where I'm gonna come in? Um, yeah, let's let's wait on that just because there's you know so many schools here. So first off the bat, we got Southeast Missouri State, um, and then we take on Troy, and then this will be a fun game. We actually play Missouri, um, so get a little Mizzou some throwback Big 12 action. Their, their coach has got to be the most unlikable human on the face of the earth. Absolutely. I can't stand the guy, so I really hope we kick their ass. Um, and then jumping into conference play, we've got UCF, so that'll be fun. You go from an old Big 12 foe mm-hmm. to a new, brand new Big 12 foe, which is very interesting. Yep, so look, be looking for that on um, September 23rd. Then right after that, on a Friday, we actually take on Oklahoma State. Um, and then from that, we take on Texas Tech. And that's that's the this is where the Texas gauntlet start. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who decided in the Big 12 it would be funny for K-State just to go through every single Texas opponent starting now. But this is exactly what they're going to do. They're, gonna, they're about to run the Texas gauntlet here starting with Tech. I would say they were being efficient on gas, but I think one of them is back in Manhattan. The TCU game following Texas Tech is actually back in Manhattan. The Houston one is too, so like it's, it's odd. Yeah, but it is weird. They're running it. Like, let's go. Let, let's do the gauntlet. Uh, you start with Tech. Yep, so Tech and then TCU in Manhattan – um, and then you've got uh, U of H, so the Cougs, um, as you guys may recall, that's the new Big 12 team. And then we've got uh, UT down in Austin, uh, Baylor, and then KU, and we finish off uh, Big 12 play with Iowa State. So you run the Texas Gauntlet, then you get the then you get the Sunflower Showdown, and then you get Farmageddon. And like looking at this schedule, I think. What's going to make or break this season is that Texas gauntlet there. Because, like, Texas is supposed to be the dark horse darling that everybody's wanting to be Every like. Every year, Texas is back, right? We've all heard it a million times over. Yeah, so Texas is who people are picking to be the favorite. Texas Tech is the dark horse darling. TCU is the the Big 12 team that made the college football playoff last year. Um, Baylor's always tough for us most years, and I, I, I just I hate playing Baylor ever since the Klein, or ever since the Klein injury. So really hard there, and then obviously KU, they just had their best season in who knows how long, and they're supposed to get this brand new hundred million some dollar uh, renovation to their entire football. It's just so weird. I never thought I'd see the day where KU football was actually like not completely laughable. <laughs> But yeah, that's it's painful to see that. It uh, it's weird. I don't like it. So I, I think what's best to to go through. I think the Texas stretch is is going to be the most challenging for K State and and where we're probably going to really earn what we're going to do this season. But let's go to what everybody else thinks of the Big Twelve before mm-hmm. we kind of go into what our observations are on the rest of the Big Twelve and how that kind of looks. So sporting news kind of lines up with what everybody else is thinking. They're picking Texas to win it. Mm-hmm. K-State to finish second, and then TCU, Oklahoma, and Texas Tech to round out the top five. Next five goes KU, UCF, Baylor, Okie State, BYU, and then the bottom part of the league, the last four, they're going Iowa State, Houston, Cincinnati, and West Virginia. So that's kind of what the national media is picking. Um, So I'd say let's go through each team. Kind of talk about each team a little bit, where they kind of stand, what's notable about them. And then we'll kind of give our picks for the Big 12 and then kind of talk about, do we have a pick for maybe something greater than the Big 12? Mm-hmm. So why don't you start with, with the two that are leaving? 
All right, so we got uh, UT. AP poll has them at 11, which I think is a little crazy, but whatever. Um, Highest-ranked Big 12 team uh, this year starting is is UT. Yeah, and, I mean, maybe that has a little to do with Quinn Ewers. Um, I mean, before he got hurt, I guess that was maybe there, but I disagree, but whatever. I mean, I think they're going off of the potential here because, like, before Quentin got hurt, they had Bam- Bama dead to rights. And if Sark doesn't go, like, super conservative, they probably win that game. So, like, even even without ears. So, I, I think a lot of this is, like, on the potential. And then, once again, even though this is no different than any other Texas year, they had a great recruiting class. But, like, they, this is the, su- the supposed year where Texas is officially back, even though it was supposed to be last year and the year before that and the year before that. And years prior to that, too. Who haven't won a Big 12 title since 09, but whatever. They're the favorite. God, that's a really long time. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, K-State's won it twice since then, but whatever. Uh, anyway, so... <laughs> it's got to be more than that. I know we tied a couple times while I was in college, so... Yeah, it's definitely... I mean, like, outright for sure. But anyways, any bees. Moving on to OU here. Um, AP Poll has them ranked at 20... Um, I think they'll probably finish maybe a little bit higher than that. Um, especially like, you know, if their QB is healthy, I think that's possible. Um, this is supposed to be a good defensive team when you have Venables, right? And like, yeah, they found their way offensively, but what the most surprising thing about OU last year wasn't necessarily like how inconsistent they were and how many games they lost is the fact that their defense was exposed consistently throughout the year, giving up multiple points. Yep. Can't agree with that more. Um, and then we've got TCU. AP poll has them at 17. I think that's probably a little bit high. So you've got to keep in mind that they lost um, Johnson and Duggan to the NFL. Uh, they do have Morris, who was named the starter, but... I don't know. Like, I just dug into me. <laughs> like, he, yeah, I guess he's good or whatever, but like, I, I feel like that team got lucky more often than not. Morse was supposed to be the guy last year, got hurt. Duggan came in. And I think Quentin Johnson did the thing that like Evans did with Manziel, made him look really good. Not that there wasn't talent there before, but kind of like elevated them a little bit higher than what you thought they were. Kind of like what Jordy Nelson did for Josh Freeman uh, at K-State. Made Josh Freeman look a little bit better than what he was. And so you've got to wonder now, is, is TCU a team that's able to consistently be good with new personnel that comes in? Is this uh, something that like Sonny's able to do repeatedly there? We don't know, right? Because this is a new regime there that, that hasn't been there very long. So it'll be very interesting to see if this is something repeatable or if this was like the Mangino years at KU where it was like lightning in a bottle. Lightning in a bottle. You had all this talent. And once that talent left, you weren't able to actually do anything with it afterwards and, and rebuild that foundation. So who's next? We got Texas Tech, so they did not make the AP poll, obviously, but they are the dark horse. Um, their QB is back, Tyler Show, Shoe, however you say his name. Don't really care. <laughs> Who cares about Lovick, right? Um, and then they do have other eight other um, offensive starters, so that's kind of that, that's almost your whole offense. That's right. Back. So I can see why you know people are saying that they're the dark horse, and then they also um, are starting six 
or they're bringing back six of their defensive starters. So, I mean, you're bringing back damn near your whole offense, more than half of your defense. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot. So, I, I understand where that comes from. I agree with that one. To a team that was 8-5 and five last year, yep. that if their quarterback doesn't get hurt as much as he did last year, maybe he is even better than that 8-5. and five. Yeah. And then also, this is the same team that beat OU last year and beat UT last year. Yeah. So That's going to be a hell of a game to watch in Lubbock. So, next up, let's go OSU. This is the the biggest wild card here and like – OSU used to be like this example of consistency and it's because like the Spencer Saunders kid started every single year there for like a decade it feels like and oh by the way had another year of eligibility but he left like another Stetson Bennett type (laughs) exactly but he left so like this is the most unknown I've ever been about uh, OSU and without Spencer there like I I think this is going to be a down year for Okie State and I think they're good for one upset hopefully in uh, Bedlam against OU, but like, I don't think last one for a while. Right. Yeah. I I don't think this is going to be the year that uh, OSU bounces back. So I think they're going to be down. It's kind of hard, kind of like trying to rebuild something there. And then you got West Virginia here and, do you want to take this one or do you want me to? Uh, yeah, so I will say that you've got Neil Brown, who is on the hot, hot seat um, for coaching. Honestly, could have been fired last year. And like, whenever you go in, men walking. Exactly. Whenever you go into a season with someone who's probably going to get let go yeah. at some point during this season. Yeah, the whole team vibes off that. Like, it, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's just not a good way to start the year. So everybody's picking them last. I mean, I think they'll be better than what what they were last year. But I just I don't see them as a Big Twelve title contender, and then that, that takes us to Houston. Um, their quarterback of forever, Tune's gone to the NFL, and now you're bringing back a team that has basically everybody else but Tune back. And Tune kind of played erratically last year. Yeah, and I think that honestly they might also be a dark horse. Um, they they've kind of always been overlooked in the media, but I don't think that that's going to be an easy game by any means. No, I mean like. Honestly, like, Tune was more of a detriment last year to this Houston squad. And, like, bringing back this many people on offense, I, I think as long as they can protect the ball, here's their big big issue here is their defense has to be somewhat respectable if they actually want to make some noise in the Big 12. So I think offensively this team can make some noise. But, like, defensively I need to see it before I believe it with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got BYU and Cincinnati. So these we can kind of brush over a little. Um, you know, I think it can go either way, but uh, they're coming off of good seasons. But, you know, coming to the Big 12, it's just going to be a little different, guys. Yeah. And I don't want to just brush them off, but I, I do want to put them in the same boat. Both had good years last year, but they have probably the most turnover offensively than anybody else in the Big 12, these two schools. They're coming to the big leagues now. <laughs> I would say a little bit better competition. You have a much new cast, unlike, you know, let me talk. I, I say that to say I don't think they're going to be terrible or something to look over for a long time. I think they're going to put out great games this year, but I don't think that they're going to be like, oh, my God, look at them. Yeah, I, I mean, you're talking about a Cincy team that, that since their CFP run has, has lost their coach, um, has turned over that, that CFP roster. You're talking about a, a BYU team that, I mean, has lost 
most of their players from when they went like what six and zero against the Pac-12 a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of turnover there, and like I just it's going to take them a couple of years to rebuild. I think so. It's kind of why I'm putting them together there. And then you've got so if Texas Tech is the dark horse, I don't know what you call KU because you've got Daniels, who most people are picking for Big Twelve Player of the Year at QB, and of every single team in the Big 12. This one's a big question mark. Yeah. They return the most people. They yeah. return the most people. Look, I don't want to say. <laughs> they're not the KU of the past. They're not your mom's KU. How about that? They're not your mom's KU, but like they return more starters, offense and defensively, than any other team in the Big 12 this year. And this is a team that surprised everybody last year. This might be a Sunflower Showdown worth watching. Yeah, exactly. So... I'm never. I never want to pat KU on the back. No, it's this is as close as it's going to get, guys. Don't expect anything else. All I'm saying is they're returning a lot of talent. That's it. I I don't. I just and they're not going to be last. Uh, there you go. I already feel really queasy in my stomach just even saying that. Let, let's go to Iowa State. <laughs> so Farmageddon. Farmageddon. So you got an Iowa State team here that like look. They had a shit a shit year last year. They only won four games. But if you look at the schedule, like. There's only two games that they lost by more than double digits and for a four-win team to be in basically every single game, mm-hmm. that's tough. And I always tell you a couple things about college football. There's like two rules. One of the rules is crazy things happen at night in Ames, <laughs> Iowa. Okay, okay. And then when it comes to Pac-12 play, you never want to play at Oregon State if you're USC. <laughs> so like, <laughs> so I, I think Iowa State is – I don't think they're going to be a title contender, but they're going to kill someone's hopes at a title. Yeah, they'll be the dream killers. I like that. I like that. Next up, we've got UCF. And of all the newbies, they might be the most dangerous. This is the UCF squad that beat Tulane last year. Mm -hmm. They had a damn good year that lost to Tulane in their uh, championship game for the AAC. So UCF, they're not one to, to look to look past you know of the newbies i feel like they're the ones who can do the most damage and they're the ones who've been most consistent of the newbies the last few years and then baylor can baylor bounce back what's another baylor i hate that stupid stadium so irritating but that dj though the dj is good i will give you that and if somebody wants to hook me up with some sailgating i am there all day so baylor i think it comes down to how well did you do in the transfer portal? Because Baylor really, really hit the transfer portal hard and like their season's going to come down to how well did we do there? And so like that pretty much wraps up your your Big 12. Wow, that was a lot of teams. <laughs> I know, yeah. The big, what, 14 now? Big 14. Something like that. So let's finish this with kind of like, one, who's playing in the Big 12 title game? And then two, what's your prediction for K-State season? I'm going to let you go first. Big 12 title game, who versus who? Ooh, that is a great question. Um, obviously, K-State for sure. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say Texas Tech. Why not? K-State, Texas Tech, Big 12 title game. I'll tell you what. Wow, I like that. So it's a bold prediction. I like it. Wrong. No, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Um, so the media is picking Texas, K State. They're picking Texas to win it. We're obviously, <laughs> LOL, LOL, 
well. <laughs> We're obviously picking K-State to win it. Um, I love the Texas Tech pick. My oh. only thing, though, is uh, Texas Tech's quarterback has never finished a year healthy. He's been hurt every single year. He's gotten hurt and missed some games. So I think that's gonna what, what's going to kill Texas Tech. Um, so when I think about who K-State's going to play, obviously it's going to be K-State in there. Who they're going to play, I don't think it's going to be OU. So I'm going to knock them out straight away. For sure. I don't think... But how funny would it be? They purposely avoided us. And how funny would it be to play us in the Big 12 championship? A little kryptonite state action? That would be hilarious. You know what? Fuck it. Let's go. K-State over OU. Oh, wow. little kryptonite state. Give them one big F you on the way out. Because like, I, I want to beat Texas and Austin. I want to get that done. But I also want to beat OU one more time before Absolutely. they go. So... Just for the sheer fact of being a pain in the ass to OU one more time before they go. You'll love to see it. Now that we got that out of the way. Real quick. Big 12 championship game is going to be at AT AT&T again, right? Yeah. I really hope it's not UTK State. You know how irritating that's going to be? I mean, it's just more the reason to go there is to watch Texas fans cry. I know, but they're so obnoxious. Ugh. Okay. And half of the stadium will be people that didn't even go to UT. Well, that is the UT fan base. That is, yes. Much, Much like KU. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> UT is basically Southern KU. Yeah, so. Basically. All right, so we got that out of the way. How many losses for K-State this year, and does K-State make the college football playoff? I'm going to say there's going to be one loss. I don't know to who. I don't want to predict that, but I, I feel like there's going to be one loss and it's the one that we're going to need so that when we make it to the college football playoff, we'll do fine. It's going to be good. Did you say when we make it? Yeah, when, not if, when. Ooh, I like it. K-State. I'm feeling good this year, guys. <laughs> I'm high on the season. <laughs> I think a one-loss K-State makes it to the college football playoff as well. I think K-State gets in. And honestly, looking at this schedule, I wouldn't be shocked if K-State goes into a Big 12 title game with no losses. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I'm not saying what I'm saying. Predicted the Big 12 championship. That's no longer the goal. The goal is now the CFP. Exactly, exactly. Got to go win it all. So why don't you recap, wins K-State's first game this year against two. Uh, if you want to talk about it, you can hit us up at i35sportscxn on X. And you can catch K-State first game of the year. Against SEMO Saturday, um, September 2nd at 6 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Emaw, baby. Emaw.